Section 11 of Prayer by Ferry Old Girardi. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 8 Some Practical Lessons on Prayer in the Gospel Narrative. Number 12 Two Parables. 1. Jesus spoke also a parable to them that we ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, there was a judge in a certain city who feared not god nor regarded man and there was a certain widow in that city and she came to him saying avenge me of my adversary and he would not for a long time but afterwards he said within himself although i fear not god nor regard man yet because this widow is troublesome to me i will avenge her lest continually coming she worry me luke chapter eighteen verses one through five the lesson our divine saviour wished to teach by this parable was that we should persevere in praying for the divine benefits of which we stand in need until we obtain them that we should so weary god by our prayers that he would seem to be compelled by our importunity by our persistency to grant us all we ask apparently as if it were only in order to get rid of us and not out of kindness and mercy towards us although he loves to be importuned as it were by our prayers in order to render us more worthy of being heard and of receiving even more than we actually pray for two which of you said jesus to his disciples who had besought him to teach them how to pray shall have a friend and shall go to him at midnight and shall say to him friend lend me three loaves because a friend of mine is come off his journey to me and i have not what to set before him and he from within should answer and say trouble me not the door is now shut and my children are with me in bed i cannot rise and give thee yet if he shall continue knocking i say to you although he will not rise and give him because he is his friend yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth and i say to you ask and it shall be given you seek and you shall find knock and it shall be opened to you for every one that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened luke chapter eleven verses five through ten in this parable also our divine saviour insists on our persevering in prayer until it is granted for god wishes to be as it were importuned and compelled by us to grant us what we pray for unless we do this he will not consider us as deserving or sufficiently appreciative of what we pray for he who ceases praying after praying a few times for a favour without obtaining it shows that he is not very anxious to get it or that he does not consider it worth being much prayed for moreover he shows also a great want of humility since he will not act as a beggar who is in great need and therefore insists and urges his request again and again he acts practically 
as if he were so great a personage as to require to be treated by god with great condescension moreover he lacks faith and confidence in god as the best of fathers infinitely good and merciful who constantly bestows his gifts upon us who has given even his own beloved son to the death of the cross in order to save us hence jesus insists on the necessity of faith and confidence in our prayers saying if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father from heaven give the good spirit to them that ask him luke chapter eleven verse thirteen moreover god defers granting our prayer for our own advantage because the longer he defers granting us what we pray for the greater will be the benefits he will add to what we pray for provided only we persevere faithfully in prayer the example of saint monica will serve as a beautiful and convincing illustration of this matter monica was a very pious woman and when she found out that her son augustine at the age of seventeen years had been led by bad companions into leading a sinful life had lost the faith and embraced manichaeism a most absurd heresy set herself at once to do all in her power to reclaim him and to pray earnestly to god for his conversion but all her efforts and prayers seemed to be in vain she redoubled her prayers denied herself all amusements all delicacies and performed many penances and austerities many good works that required great sacrifices on her part followed him to milan and left nothing undone to bring about his conversion the more she prayed the more she underwent and suffered the more holy she became so that all who came in contact with her received her as a saint for sixteen years she persevered in her efforts and prayers and at last augustine was thoroughly converted and her prayers were fully granted and more than this by her efforts and prayers for augustine she sanctified herself so that the church has declared and honours her as one of her great saints and a model of all christians if we examine the lives of the saints we shall discover that it was through persevering prayer that they became saints some saints seeing the necessity of humility for salvation exerted themselves for twenty thirty forty or more years by prayer and their corresponding efforts to acquire humility and as the christian virtues are so intimately connected together that we cannot become perfect in one without at the same time becoming perfect in all the others when they become perfect in humility they had already become saints what enabled saint francis de sales saint alphonsus to become saints saint francis de sales for over twenty years strove by persistent prayer and his own corresponding efforts to overcome his natural irascibility and succeeded in becoming a very model of meekness and a great saint for forty years saint alphonsus acted in like manner to acquire the virtue of patience 
and became thereby a great saint if we henceforth set out earnestly to overcome our greatest defect by dint of persistent prayer accompanied by our own efforts of putting our shoulder to the wheel we shall in the end succeed in saving our soul and attaining our place in heaven number thirteen do not despond but persevere in prayer herman cohen known as herman the pianist because of his wonderful skill in piano playing was a jew who was suddenly converted when taking the place of the absent organist at benediction in one of the churches in paris he later on entered the order of carmelites receiving the name of augustine mary of the blessed sacrament and labored in the ministry with extraordinary zeal and success in many places and led a life of great austerities he had the consolation of seeing nearly all the members of the cohen family become members of the catholic church but his mother notwithstanding his persistent and fervent prayers to god his numerous penances and austerities and appeals to her and appeals to his hearers to obtain her conversion remained obstinate she died on december thirteenth eighteen fifty five at that time he was engaged in preaching the advent course of sermons in lyon in a letter to a friend he announced the sad event of his mother's death as follows the good god has just struck my heart a terrible blow and i am still uncertain as to how she died we have however prayed so much for her that we may hope that something unknown to us has passed between her soul and god in her last moments we can easily imagine father hermans as we shall call him grief on hearing of his mother's death he had prayed so much and so fervently and had got so many prayers offered for her conversion and all seemed in vain for she had appeared before the divine tribunal without having received baptism having one day in a sermon alluded to st monica's conversion with her son augustine on the eve of her death he exclaimed i also have a mother i have left her to follow jesus christ and she no longer calls me her good son her hair is already silvery and her brow is becoming furrowed by age and i dread to see her die oh no i do not wish her to die before she loves jesus christ these many years i have been expecting from my mother what monica expected for her son augustine and who knows if god has not attached the grace of her conversion to the fruit that you will draw from my words among his prayers for her conversion was the following address to the blessed virgin mary my heavenly mother since for the love of thee i have left all who were dear to me in this world for pity's sake deign to have compassion on them forget not that for thy sake i have left my mother also like thee she is a daughter of jacob and is therefore one of thy family deign to give her back to me for thou canst not forsake her already her head is bending down towards the grave that poor mother of mine o oh mary 
i implore thee deign to touch her eyelid lightly with thy luminous garment and she shall see and shall rise up and follow thee and she shall love jesus and then come with us to heaven but god seemed to have paid no heed to his prayers to have refused all his pious and lawful desires his faith and his love were put to a painful trial nevertheless notwithstanding his deep sorrow his confidence in the divine goodness was not cast down on the evening of the very day on which he received the very painful news of her death he was to preach many a one in his place would have been unable under similar circumstances to appear in the pulpit but after praying and weeping much he preached as usual his subject was death and according to the testimony of those who heard him preach his words penetrated deeply into their minds and hearts and produced salutary emotions and when in concluding his sermon he poured out his grief into the bosom of his audience his words drew forth a universal and deeply felt sympathy not long after he confided to the blessed curidars his uneasiness concerning his poor mother who had died without the grace of baptism be hopeful replied the man of god be hopeful you shall one day on the feast of the immaculate conception december eighth receive a letter which will greatly console you he had almost forgotten that promise when on december eighth eighteen sixty one six years after his mother's death a jesuit father handed him the following letter written by a well-known writer of very pious works on the blessed eucharist who some time later died with the reputation of being a saint on the eighteenth of october after receiving holy communion i was enjoying one of those moments of intimate union with our lord when he causes me to feel his presence in the sacrament of his love in so vivid and delightful a manner that faith no longer seems necessary to me to believe in the real presence after some moments he spoke to me and deigned to explain to me certain points concerning a conversation in which i had taken part on the preceding evening i then recalled how in said conversation one of my friends had manifested her astonishment that jesus christ who promised to grant everything to prayer had nevertheless shown a deaf ear to the prayers which father herman had so often offered to obtain his mother's conversion her surprise at this almost filled her with discontent and i had great difficulty in making her understand that it behooves us to adore god's justice without seeking to penetrate his secret designs i was bold enough to ask my jesus to tell me how it happened that his infinite goodness had been able to resist father herman's prayers and refused to grant him his mother's conversion here is his reply why does anna always seek to fathom the secrets of my justice and endeavor to penetrate mysteries which she cannot understand tell her i do not owe my grace to any one that i give it to those i please and that in so doing i cease not to be just to be justice itself 
but let her know also that rather than fail in the promises i made to prayer i would subvert heaven and earth and that every prayer which has for its object my glory and the salvation of souls is always heard if it possesses the requisite conditions he then added and to prove to you the truth of this i will now make known to you what happened at the moment of the death of father herman's mother my jesus then enlightened me with a ray of his divine light and made known to me or rather enabled me to see in him what i will now endeavour to describe at the moment when father herman's mother was about to breathe her last while she seemed unconscious and nearly lifeless mary our good mother presented herself before her divine son and prostrating herself before him she said to him forgiveness mercy o my son for that soul about to perish yet another moment she shall be lost lost for ever deign then i beseech thee to do for the mother of my servant herman what thou wouldst wish him to do for thine own if i were in her place and thou in his his mother's soul he holds as his dearest object he has a thousand times consecrated it to me he has entrusted it to my heart's tenderest solicitude can i allow it to perish no no this soul belongs to me i want it i claim it as my inheritance as the price of thy blood and of my sorrows at the foot of the cross scarcely had the divine mother ceased her supplication when a strong powerful grace flowed from the source of all graces the adorable heart of our jesus and went to enlighten the soul of the poor dying jewess and instantaneously triumphed over her obstinacy and resistance that soul then immediately turned with a loving confidence to him whose mercy pursued her even in the arms of death and she said to him o jesus god of the christians the god whom my son adores have mercy on me in this cry which god only heard which proceeded from the inmost depths of the heart of the dying woman were contained sincere sorrow for her obstinacy and her sins the desire of baptism the express will to receive baptism and to live according to the laws and precepts of our holy religion if she would return to life this sudden outburst of faith and hope in jesus was that soul's interior act at the very moment in which she elicited it it darted forth to the throne of divine mercy and the feeble bonds that retained her soul in its mortal envelope were burst asunder and she fell at the feet of him who had been her saviour before becoming her judge having shown all this to me our lord added make this known to father herman it is a consolation i wish to grant to his long-born sorrows in order that he may bless and cause everywhere to be blessed my mother's goodness of heart and her power over mine being a complete stranger to father herman the poor sick person whose hand has just traced these lines 
is happy in the thought that they may be able to spread a little consolation and balsam on the ever-bleeding wound of his priestly heart she ventures to solicit the alms of his fervent prayers and she is happy in the thought that he will not refuse them to her who though unknown to him is united to him by the sacred bonds of the same faith of the same hope note the above facts and letter on which the church has passed no judgment and which are credible on reliable human testimony only are taken from the life of father herman entitled v du pere herman par l'abbé charles sylvain g Udin et c editeurs paris nineteen o nine the foregoing narrative shows us among other truths that god always grants the prayers of those who pray well and with perseverance although not always in the manner wished for and expected but in his own way no prayer that fulfils the necessary conditions of a good and worthy prayer is ever lost end of section eleven